the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This Sunday, as you know, is the Sunday called Trinity Sunday. It's where the Holy Trinity is to be on the forefront of our praise and worship. Not as if that's not always true, but it's set before us in a special way today. And that's why we have the reading from Revelation that you heard. If you paid attention and listened to that reading, it is one of the most beautiful pictures of the eternal worship of God that's going on at all times. In fact, I don't know if you caught it, but when that great thrice holy hymn is raised, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. We're told that all of the elders, they all fall down before God, the Holy Trinity, in their worship. And don't you understand that is exactly why the church has us at every Gloria Patri, at every expression. Blessed be the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What do we do? What gesture do we make? The gesture of what they do in heaven. We bow before the divine and holy trinity in our worship. Our collect from today. Listen to the prayer that you heard. Almighty and everlasting God, who has given unto us thy servants grace by the confession of a true faith. Grace to acknowledge the glory of the eternal trinity and in the power of the divine majesty to worship the unity. In the intro eat that the choir sung that set the very theme of the Mass, you heard it sung, Blessed be the Holy Trinity and the undivided unity. We will praise and glorify Him. And so it is given to us on this day the remembrance that we are to praise and glorify the undivided Trinity to worship the unity of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we remember that incredible revelation that the church has passed on to us of the nature of the Holy Trinity. That the Trinity is three, three absolutely distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And yet by the love that God is, the love that they share, their being of one mind, and their eternal singleness of purpose. They are three, yet one. A divine mystery, yet at the same time a divine reality. Three, yet one. And not just one, but three persons equal in the Godhead, as we see expressed in the Nicene Creed that we say every Mass. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and Giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified. And it's also why in every Mass, the church has us lift up that thrice holy hymn, both from Revelation and also found in Isaiah's vision. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Have you ever wondered why the thrice holy? It's not saying that God is three times holy. That's not the point of the thrice holy hymn because it's not what is being witnessed by those who are singing it. The thrice holy hymn is being lifted up holy, holy, holy because the Trinity, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are before their eyes. And they're experiencing the divinity. In other words, holy is the Father. 
Holy is the Son. Holy is the Spirit of God. The worship of the Holy Trinity, these three yet one, is the eternal worship of God unfolding. I want to briefly reflect or have us reflect today on the communion shared by the Holy Trinity. That is to say, the fellowship of the Holy Trinity and the results of that fellowship. I mentioned to you that the oneness of the three persons is founded in love, in being of one mind at all times, as a result of that love and the eternal singleness of purpose. And this has always been the case. In fact, we see it in action at the very beginning of Holy Scripture, at the creation of all things in Genesis in chapter 1. In Genesis 1 and verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our, own, in our image. According to our likeness, let us make man in our image. A holy conversation is being had at the dawn of creation between the three. In fact, the fathers say a holy council is taking place between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as they come together in one mind and out of love they bestow life into the world as they create Adam. And would create Eve. And through their loving unity. This perfect harmony. This singleness of mind and purpose. God has always been in the Holy Trinity. The bestower of life. And the renewer of life. And here's what we need to grasp. Almost in our minds. As big of a mystery unfortunately. Is the Holy Trinity. But we need to grasp this truth. That we from our baptism have both been invited and placed into this blessed fellowship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Into this divine relationship. Reunion restored from the fall of man. In fact, Jesus says this in Matthew 28 when he gave the great commission. He uses these words. Go therefore. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And that word in often confuses people. Because in the Greek, it's not just baptize them using the name, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The word is into. Baptizing them into the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The same idea is used of St. Paul in one of his epistles where he says to the church, you have been baptized into Christ. Not just by a name. You are gone from darkness. You've been transplanted and put into the kingdom of light. Baptized into Christ. We have been baptized into the divine fellowship of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why? So that we can partake of the nature of the three. And by partake, it means that we might share in the life and in the fellowship of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to what end? That God Himself, the Holy Trinity, might shine forth through His church, each one of the living stones, but collectively, through his church and that through his church, 
he might bestow life upon those dead of soul. We have been placed into that relationship. In fact, we see this begin at Pentecost, which we celebrated last week. With the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we see 3,000 baptized into the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And listen to how Acts describes the church just thereafter. See if you don't see the image of the Trinity in the church. Acts 2 verse 43. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God. And having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. The church, having been baptized into the Trinity, was experiencing the life and the fellowship that the Holy Trinity experiences eternally. And the result of that oneness, not only their own salvation, but what does the end of that say? That as they were joined to that fellowship of the Trinity, many were being added to their number because many were experiencing the bestower of life in and through the church. Listen to how St. Augustine puts it. He says, if as they drew near to God, those many souls become in the power of love, but one soul. And these many souls, but one heart. What must the very source of love effect between the Father and the Son? Is not the Trinity for even greater reasons, but one God. If the love of God poured forth in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who is given to us, is able to make of many souls one soul. And of many hearts, one heart. How much more the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, but one God, one light. Why was the Holy Spirit poured out on Pentecost? Why have we been united into the divinity of the Holy Trinity for our salvation and for the life of the world? So how do we worship the undivided Trinity with our lives? How do we praise and glorify the Holy Trinity? In the way that we live by the grace of God, by the Holy Spirit, the way that we dwell amongst one another. Did you hear the words of St. Augustine? That by the power of love and by the Holy Spirit, many souls made one soul. We are to share in the one-mindedness, the single-purposeness of the Trinity. And that not of our own, but the very mind of God, who has come to save in and through us. And so I leave you with the blessed words of St. Paul from 2 Corinthians in chapter 13 as he concludes this epistle. He says, finally, brethren, rejoice, be made complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. 
in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.